Warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome to your program Madrasa on A. Of course, developing Islam in me. I'm your host Yasmina Peterson, along special guest in studio, none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. Sheikh, assalamualaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you doing this afternoon, Sheikh? Fine, alhamdulillah. And how's yourself, Aunt Yasmin? I'm alhamdulillah, Sheikh. So I'm not going to speak too much. We go to jump straight into our first segment, being Knowing My Lord. And of course, do know that you can send through an SMS as well as a WhatsApp. If you have any questions with regards to what Sheikh is going to be mentioning, inshallah, Sheikh is going to be recapping as to where Sheikh stopped mm. last week and Thursday. Sheikh, bismillah. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وحده والصلاه والسلام على من لا نبي بعد رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي اللهم علمنا بما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وارزقنا علما يا ذا الجلال والاكرام السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته الحمد لله وthanks and praise due to Allah always and forever and love and salam to our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the last and final messenger whom Allah have to send to this earth to guide humanity as a whole so that they can reap the best of this world and the best of the after. May Allah grant us to be amongst him. Ameen. Ameen. Ya Rabbal Alameen. Ya Allah. Alhamdulillah. Um, uh, we are supposed to go into the segment of Knowing My Lord. But before we do that, can we all put our dua hands together for dua? A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Rabbana taqabbal minna inna ka anta sami'ul alim. Wa tub alayna inna ka anta tawwabur rahim. Rabbana ghfir lana dhunubana wa kaffir anna sayyatina wa tawaffana ma'al abrar. Ya aziz, ya ghaffar, ya rabbal alameen. Allah Rabbi Khfidli Wali Walidaya Warhamhuma Kama Rabbayani Sagira Rabbana Khfidlana Wali Walidina Wali Ustadina Wali Masha'ihina Wali Muslimina Wali Muslimat Wali Mu'minina Wali Mu'minat Al Ahya'i Minhum Wal Amwat Birahmatika Ya Arhamar Rahimin Allahumma Habbiba Ilayna Al-Eeman Wazayinhu Fi Qulubina Wakarrih Ilayna Al-Kufra Wal-Fusuka Wal-Isyan Wajalna Min Al-Rashidin Allahumma آت نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها يا رب العالمين يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وأصحابه وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله in our last segment in last week the first segment in last week's lesson Knowing my Lord, we were dealing with the topic of Uruhiyah and we were de- going through the life of the various Ambiya to see what is the things that Allah challenges them with in relationship to us today and how we need to come to understand the role of Uruhiyah in our life. 
And we were dealing with the last, the, the last Nabi that we dealt with was Nabi Lut. And we dealt with the things that dealt with him, the challenges Allah had given him, and the challenges to his people. Now what we found, the challenges that was given to Nabi Lut was the fact that his people was an arrogant and adamant people, a people who was not ready to accept the message of their, of their messenger. They wanted to do the things they wanted to do as what they normally did and how they normally did it. And they found him to be a person who so to say, comes from outside and wants to tell them what to do. And But because he was sent by Allah Ta'ala, he had to fulfill his job. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Nabi Lut found it very, very uncomfortable. And what Nabi Lut found, when he dealt with them, he said to them, you're a people that fight the law of Allah. You go against the nature of, 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 of man. You now prefer to be able to love the male with the male and the female with the female. And he then indicates to them that there is severe punishment where that is concerned. And Allah is going to deal with them. Now for today we just hope to be able to, to round this off about this process because we need to look at, it at a variety of sides. First and foremost, the need for us to understand there is a solution to the problem. There is methods of dealing with a problem. Now the first process that needs to happen in dealing with a problem is admission of precisely where I find myself. And I don't need to share this with anybody else. I share it with myself and my Lord. And I take my issue to Allah. And I say, this is, this is the challenge Allah has given to me. So I'm going to say to Allah, Oh Allah, you've given me this challenge. Oh Allah, grant me the necessity to deal with the challenge accordingly. And not to be of those who want to do it my way. Just deciding it for I'm going to act to my emotions, things like that. For if I've been given a challenge, everybody else has been given a challenge. And everybody else needs to deal with their challenge in accordance with what Allah and His Rasul has guided us. And yes, thus Allah has revealed the Quran where the need is for every detail, every detail of the concerns of man's life. No matter what it is, you name it. Allah has put everything in this Quran that man will ever need. And Allah has shown us through the process of this Quran and in the life of our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam the method and the means of dealing with the issues and to overcome those problems. And which means we can. Which means we can. It's just a matter of do we want to. Or are we supposed to just submit to shaitan and engross ourselves with him and be in love with him and follow his path? Or are we supposed to follow the path of Allah and his messenger? Subhanak. And thus, Allah shows us in the Quran the first important factor is admission of who I am. An admission to the fact that I am a, a Muslim wanting to love Islam in accordance with Allah and His Messenger, not in my own way. Not I am a Muslim, so I love it my way. And it's just that and the other. Remember everything, every detail about success, being successful in, in life is in Islam. Only Islam gives you the total success. To, if you want total success, it's to be found in only Islam. Nowhere else, nowhere, nowhere, nowhere else will you find it. 
only within that message that comes from the Lord of the creation. He who created the whole human race, he gives you success of every detail of the your whole human race, no matter who and where and why. The moment you come to realize that you want to be a slave of your creator and you want to reap the best of this world and the best of the year after, then you need to realize your creator would be best He's the creator. He's no professor. He's, great. He's created all the professors. He's not the dean of the university. He's created all universities and all the deans. And is he's no uh, uh, a person with insight and specific knowledge or have done it through certain processes. No. He created everything, every ism, every ology, every science belong to him. So he's the master of everything. The master of all sciences. All the sciences, all the isms, all the ologies, every detail belong to him. Subhanallah, how do I go with it? Some of those things we are amazed at when you look at the TV, what happens to the to, to nature. And subhanak, and we're amazed we don't even know these things. But there's billions and billions and billions of things that we are absolutely ignorant of. We have got no perception. We will come to get exposure as time goes on. And Allah preferred to give us what Allah wants us to come to know. But you and I need to come to recognize, I am a slave of Allah. And I want to be a slave of Him. And I want to submit myself to His cause. And I want to be successful in this world. And I want to be successful in the year after. Allahumma amin. So each and every one of us must have that wish and desire. And if you have that and you recognize that I have weaknesses in me, Allah tell us prepared to offer you, go through the process of what has happened to those other people. In the people of Lut, what has happened to them and how it, if they followed their own uh, whims and fancies, what was the result? And Allah wished to grant us something better than that. So yes, the first angle, the, in, the person who feels that he is challenged by Allah Ta'ala, and he need to be able to keep connection with Allah. And he do need to be able to keep connection very, very strong. And beg Allah and plea Allah to fill his life with so much sober perseverance against the uncomfortable that challenge. Now see us, each and everybody has been challenged in a different way. And that you and I realize when the challenges say that we need to be able to return back to the method of Allah and the method of his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And if we find that, may Allah grant us successes inshallah. Inshallah. I mean, shukran so much for that. Sheikh, the voice of Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams speaking to us more on Madrasa and e, developing Islam in me. And that is, of course, our very first segment being Knowing My Lord. If you have just tuned in, then do not worry. We are still in our first segment. And that is with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. You can also send through a WhatsApp message, alternatively an SMS, if you have any questions in which you want to ask with regards to what Sheikh has been mentioning as well as being in our first segment, Knowing My Lord. Sheikh is now going to be continuing as to where she stopped just before the break. Sheikh Bismillah. In our first segment or just before the break we have had Nawi my Lord we were busy on the issue of Nabi Lut and we were looking at the alternatives that there is in the process of dealing with the issues that has happened to the people of Nabi Lut. May Allah grant khair and barakah that we as Muslims realize the process and we grant to ourselves to be able to see how can we handle with that. We've said the first thing that needs to happen is acceptance of the fact that I want to be Muslim and we want to be able to live as a Muslim and die as a Muslim. 
I mean, I'm prepared to admit to my weaknesses. I'm prepared to accept, accept the fact that this is who I am. But I'm not prepared to accept this is who I am and I'm going to do it my way. At no circumstances, no. Then I'm engrossed with shaitan. And I'm deep, satanic. I'm, and I'm satanically corrupt and destructive. And I'm harmful. Because I'm not prepared to take the path of Allah and His Messenger. I'm not prepared to accept it as a challenge. I say, this is who I am and finish and clear. Na'udhu billah. May Allah protect. We need to admit that this is who I am. And so, we look at the problem of the issue of the people of Nabi Lut. Allah has challenged everybody and the challenges differs. And so each and every one of us need to be able to say, if this is my challenge, am I prepared to want to live as a Muslim and die as a Muslim? And do I want Allah's mercy upon me as Allah and His message has shown me? Not what I want to and tell them the world that Allah must just have mercy upon me. Oh no. I am either living as a Muslim in accordance with Allah and His Messenger Muhammad وسلم, or I choose a lifestyle of shaitan. There is no other way. Only those two ways. The path of Allah and His Rasul or the path of shaitan. And all the million forms of religions and beliefs that there is out there, they all together conglomerated into one process called the path of Satanism. Shaitan and his corruption and destruction because it has given so many avenues to the means of having to be obedient. A'udhu Billah. And people with no disrespect, I am not the person who is in charge of telling you what is. I'm here to want to assist and help myself and everybody. Most probably I'm the weakest person of all. Make dua for me that Allah grant me to be a, be a righteous Muslim and to live as a Muslim and die as a Muslim and being of those people whom Allah is going to grant us his pardon, Yawm Al-Qiyamah, Ya Rabbi. Allahumma amin ya rabbal alamin. And so we said, the, the first part, accept that. That says that I need to live as a Muslim and die as a Muslim. And then after that acceptance, see what does Allah offer you to do. Now the first thing is submit to Allah. And probably I would want to use an example here of what happened. A person in the capacity of Nabi, uh, 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 not Nabi Lut, Nabi... Uh, um, one of the um, uh, Nabi Ayyub. Nabi Ayyub, Allah has granted him to be able to have uh, various sicknesses, and Allah has challenged him with those sicknesses. And he had to be satisfied. An example to what has happened at a time the process happened that there came worms from inside his body coming out. And as it fell off, he picked it up and put it back there and he said, Subhanak, this is your food. Allah has created you. So enjoy it if it belongs to you. May Allah grant you your health and your strength and your ability. If this is my challenge, may Allah grant me the strength to deal with the challenge, Herob. And so the various Ambiya, all of them had various challenges. We see uh, um, Nabi, Nabi, Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala Sayyidina Muhammad. The Nabi was, that was in the belly of the whale. Um, he, in actual fact, was a Nabi whom Allah would have sent to a group of people. When he saw the weakness of that people, he realized that these people are not going to submit to Allah. And he tried to invite them and he found them not doing so. But then he saw that in the process, they're not prepared to accept for me. And, and he decided by himself that Allah is going to punish him. And by himself, he made the ruling upon them and he left them. Subhanak. And then Allah put him through the belly of the whale. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Simply because Allah wanted to teach him the lesson. If 
I, I, I've given you a job, like Allah's given you and me a job to be a Muslim and to be a human and to follow the path of Allah and His Rasul in what being how to be a human, then our necessity is to see that we live within that. Yes, we have weaknesses, but we need to beg and plea of Allah for help and assistance and beg Allah to grant us perseverance, to persevere with the challenge and to, 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 to stand up against the challenge in defense so that we can become Muslim and submissive to Allah and His Rasul. May Allah open the path for all of us. And subhanak, after Allah has challenged him, Allah shows him that Allah will grant him success. Allah brought him back to the earth and Allah gave him success to be able to deal with a people and granted him success within that people and few of some of those people accepted the path that came from Allah and they became Muslim. So you and I need to understand these challenges that you and I go through, Allah's prepared to pardon us. First and foremost, acceptance. Secondly, wanting to live in accordance with Allah and His Rasul. Make Allah's deen, Allah's message to humanity the core of my life and wanting to submit to that. Admit to Allah my weakness and begging Allah for beg Allah for pardon and forgiveness if I've erred. Now remember, Allah has created you and me. And Allah, our Lord, is extremely, extremely merciful. Our Lord is extremely merciful on all of us and everyone. And so if you have done, you, you live your life in sin, in disobedience, and not, not doing what you're supposed to do, Allah Ta'ala is prepared to pardon when you can admit your own weakness to nobody else but to yourself. And don't lie to yourself, say it as it is. Say, oh Allah, I have made many sins, great sins. I've lived, I've lived the wrong, but I want to repent and I want to come back and I want to live a Muslim and I want to die a Muslim. Only Allah can pardon and only Allah can forgive. And so that comes down to the end of what the process, because that brings to the process of what needs to be the first admission of who I really am. What is my strength and my weaknesses within this deen? Secondly, I need to be able to find out what is it that Allah wants for me to do and live in accordance. And thirdly, I must be ready to repent and open up my complete life to Allah, to nobody else, and beg of Allah for total pardon. And speak of Allah for perseverance and granting me to live my last part of my life and whatever is left of it that I live it in accordance with what comes from yourself and your um, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And that brings to us the end. But then added to that is the other second process. And that second process is the you and I as people who know of others that are challenged in different ways. That we are quick to want to be able to judge those people. When Allah's made you a Muslim, Allah didn't give you the right to judge other people. Neither me. You and I weren't given the right to judge others. When we see or meet, meet up, Allah has exposed you and me with it so that you can understand. But it probably can happen to your own son and to your own daughter. What then? Would you want the world to curse him? Think. Would Allah, would Allah allow to curse any of his slaves? Allah wouldn't curse any of his slaves. Not if they have made the mistake and if they want to repent to Allah. So it's imperative that you and I need to have an open heart. A heart of compassion. A heart of feeling pity for those people. But when they are challenged. 
but that we make dua for them, O oh Allah, grant them insight, and especially the parents. If it's your son and your daughter, carry on and cry and beg. Listen to the words of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When he says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when Allah ta'ala has given a child to a parent, when Allah has made you a parent, granted you the, the ability to become a, a parent of a child, of a newborn, a child that comes to this earth, when you've been given this great Load by Allah. Now being a parent is not something easy. It's, it's extensive load. Why? To nurture, to rear this child into the right path is not easy. To feed him, to wash his clothing, to look after him, to send him for schooling. Maswabi, you and I can get that. His rizi comes from Allah, so you and I don't need to add there. But what is your job? What is mine? To nurture him. To rear his mind accordingly into the path of Allah and his messenger and to guide his direction and his character to be able to live the life of a Muslim. So yes, but listen to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he says, when Allah has given you that extensive, severe load to be able to nurture that child, to rear that child, to develop that child, to direct that child onto the path of the Sirat al-Mustaqim, it's not an easy task. And because it's not an easy task, Allah grants you, the parent, a gift, which is a great gift. If you go to knock at Allah's door from the depth of your heart and you're going to plea and beg and ask Allah, only Allah will change the heart of that child. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went as far as says, when you, the parent, are sincere in your du'a, Allah Ta'ala respond to you and answers your du'a. Allah promises you, I will answer your du'a. I will grant you that which you call for when it comes to your son and your daughter. I will grant you that don't stop making du'a big of Allah for our children. And Allah bring them back to the path of Islam. Allah grants them love for deen, insight and knowledge of this deen. Come to be able to love, but you and I need to also be ones who love this deen, ones who want to be able to love this deen, ones who wants to replicate it, ones who want to be the, the example to our children, our offspring, that we show them the true deen, that we don't say that we want to be Muslim, but we, we don't know how to put a, a scarf on our, our heads, or for that matter, we don't, we, we don't know how to make salah, or, or we, we don't care the, the, the way we handle ourselves with, with interaction with everybody else. There is Islamic methodology, so that which comes from Allah and His Messenger, I must see it becomes part of me. Many a times my children are who they are, because I am not prepared to to be Muslim. May Allah protect us. Remember, and so they will Yawm al blame us if we did not direct them. But it is as parents realize that we've got this honor. The Nabi says, if we make dua, Allah will definitely accept our dua. Secondly, Allah will record the dua himself. He wouldn't send a malak to, malak to record it. Allah would not send an angel to record our dua. Allah would rec uh, uh, take the dua from us himself. He will record it and he will promise us that he will give the answer. And he begs us, he begs of us to persevere in according to him. He will give us the answer. We must have the sabr and wait until it comes. We must not give up hope. We must carry on and on and on. May Allah open the path for all of us. And so we in the Muslim Ummah feel that we do not blame, but we find, feel pity 
And we hope that Allah protect us and everybody else and take them to the right path, inshallah. Amen, inshallah. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. The voice there of Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in your program, Madrasani, Developing Islam in Me. That was the first segment being Knowing My Lord, Knowing My Lord, and what is and what I need to do with regards to that. However, Sheikh, before we continue with our second part, there is a message and a question that came through. It says, Assalam, Sheikh, feels so like the same period. History repeating itself. Sheikh, it's not easy to witness, especially if it's virtually on top of you and we can't force anyone to conform and be. So on a practical level, how does one deal with this? Bismillah rahman rahim I think it's a very pertinent question. Um, I probably can take the question from two sides. Either the person is speaking of himself and or this person speak as a parent or somebody who is dear to this to this type of children, right? Um it's such an imperative factor. I think uh, in, in, in the question that was asked, if we look at the things that we've just revealed prior to this by having to speak to, if I'm spoken to the parent, this is the, the advice to say to you, don't stop making dua. Yes, you and I as a parent cannot compel, we cannot force, but we can carry on and on and on and on and perpetually and continuously beg of Allah for assistance and for help. But if we do that, Allah's prepared. Allah alone, the one who can bring change to the heart, Allah is prepared to bring change to that heart. But you and I must never ever stop. And we must also try to make the, 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 the person who's actually doing the acts if he is captured in that, we need to bring him aware of what we've shared. Bring him to understand what is Allah's deen. What is it like to be Muslim? What is it like to submit? And I'm asking myself, am I prepared to submit to my emotions which become satanic? Or am I prepared to, to submit my some emotion to the path of Allah and his messenger? May Allah protect all of us. Now we need to share this with our children to let them understand and then we must tell them that we will be making dua for them. And we must tell them if you have been challenged with that, do not submit to the challenge. Because if you submit to the challenge and you give yourself over to your emotions, which is to the opposite sex, to the similar sex as yours, and you love that, then unfortunately you're calling for the wrath of Allah on yourself. And we carry on and making dua and preach to them and preach. Then it's your challenge and my challenge as parents that you and I must carry on, challenge, uh, remind them and remind them and remind them and remind them so that they may be able to recognize that they, there is a path and a way out and that which Allah wants with them for success. And offer them what Allah has that if they are prepared to, to have the sober necessary to persevere against that emotion that there is, Allah will grant them a great reward in the year after, a wonderful great reward in the year after. But the moment they submit to their challenge, they submit to that which Allah has challenged them with, and they're not prepared to want to use it as a means, as a challenge to be able to stand up and follow the path of Allah and His Messenger then, then they're making it difficult for themselves, for this dunya and for the year after. And so the issue of not allowing ourselves to be there to understand that we are not there to be able to judge and we don't judge against others, but we are always concerned. We have the pity for everybody else. And we worry about if we don't have the pity, if we don't have that compassion, if, then unfortunately Allah might just challenge our children to go in a similar manner. May Allah protect all of us. 
Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. That day, the voice of Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams, and that is with regards to our very first topic being knowing my Lord. And that is with regards to the challenges that we as people face, as well as those before us. But for now, we're going into our second part of the program that is, I'm a Muslim. What is expected of me? To know that you can send through your questions in this part of the program with regards to things in which Sheikh is going to be mentioning, inshallah. Send it through via WhatsApp or send it through via SMS. We will definitely be reading it out. Sheikh is now going to be continuing as to where Sheikh stopped last week and Thursday in our segment, I'm a Muslim, what is expected of me? Sheikh, Bismillah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi wa ahda wa salatu wa salamu ala man la nabiya ba'd. Rabbi shrah sadri wa yassir li amri wa ahlul ugdatan min lisani yafqahu kawli. اللهم علمنا بما ينفعنا ونفعنا بما علمتنا ورزقنا عيد من ياد الجلال والإكرام السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته In our segment I am a Muslim so what is expected of me we were dealing with the heading the topic of Salah and we were looking at the prerequisites of Salah those things that's needed for before Salah we have then touched the Istinjan we've covered that I think quite extensively we then went into the second portion of that as part of the prerequisites and we're busy with the wudu. We went into the Quran ayah, we went into the hadith and we've covered that to an extent, alhamdulillah. We are now at the process of dealing with that hadith. I think we've, we've ended with that hadith in the last segment. We are looking back at that hadith and inshallah hoping to be able to take the hadith further and see how it is, it is good for us to implement in our lives. Now, um, we will then thereafter, inshallah, deal with the conditions for the correctness of the ablution. The conditions, meaning the conditions to be able to see that my hudu is done properly. Right? I must see that these things is all in place, inshallah. Father. Okay, so uh, if, if we look at the hadith, we said to us the slave uh, uh, Humran, uh, 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 the, the, uh, the slave of Sayyidina Uthman that was a slave prior, Sayyidina Umar set him free, Sayyidina Uthman set him free. He says, he relates to us that Sayyidina Uthman called for water to take the wudu. And we've said how he has done the wudu, what he has done through the process of that wudu. At the end, we, he mentioned, Sayyidina Uthman mentioned that, um, that he said, I saw the messenger of Allah to make ablution like this of mine. Meaning, this wudu that I've shown you, that I have taken, this is the wudu that I have seen the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam do, how he has done his wudu. Right? So may Allah grant all of us to be able to recognize when we take wudu, is it in accordance with that? And that is so important for us because remember, we listen to the words of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In another hadith, uh, the Messenger of Allah says, whoever makes ablution or hudu, like this hudu of mine, then stands in salah, performs two rakats of prayer, with no other thoughts coming to his mind, then his previous sins will be forgiven. Subhanak la hawla wa la And the scholars would normally say that this is the most complete form of wudu one can make for the prayer, for the, for the salah, right? Now, what, what is just looking at that wudu again, I would want to say to us, the Sidna Uthman has indicated to us that the, the washing of the, the hands three times, then rinse his mouth and insert water into his nose and blow it out. 
and then you wash his face three times and then you wash his right arm up to his elbow three times and then you wash his left arm up to the el- elbow three times and then you wiped his full head three times then you wash his right foot until the ankles three times then he did similarly the left foot um, to, until the ankles three times now that was the physical process of the wudu as we've seen the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam given to us by Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu anhu. so much for that Sheikh. We are in our second part of the program being I am a Muslim, what is expected of me? And we are going to be continuing with regards to that Sheikh. Bismillah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Yasmina, we are now in the second portion uh, in the second part called I am a Muslim, so what is expected of me? And we are busy with the wudu and looking at how that the conditions for the correctness of the what conditions must be in place to see that the wudu is properly right these three conditions that needs to be looked at the first condition there must be an intention and yes Mina for now I would love to be able to make that the story part here short when we come next into the process of the salah and we're going to deal with the intention again then yes there I'd love to give a broader explanation but for now I would want to say to us the scholar says to us that there's no proof that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us an intention in any of our actions in none of them not even in the wudu or not even in the salah the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam by him teaching us the words as an intention is not a necessity the intention is an act of the heart that you feel inside my heart I'm doing this for Allah's sake and that makes your intention 100% perfect so no matter what you do the hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says innamal Every act, no matter what it is, every act that man will ever do, there is an intention that he has with it. There is definitely an intention. But the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam makes clarity further in the hadith by saying to us, you either do it just by the way, or your intention is for the sake of Allah and His Messenger. And now that is important. See that now there's not an English word or a causa word or a Latin word or an Arabic word that must be said for your intention to be right. You can say it in causa Zulu, French, Latin, German, or you name the languages that there is. It is all Allah does great signs. Allah calls it all the languages that man ever speaks are the great signs of Allah. So the Arabic language in language is not a greater language for the intention. No. Your home language which your heart understands, that is the best language used for perfect intention to 100%, 100% perfection. So my niya is to make, I'm going to take hudu now, my niya is to make the hudu for the sake of Allah that I can fulfill my ibadah in accordance. That's right. That's absolutely perfect. And you can just say yourself, my intention is to do this ibadah for the sake of Allah. In accordance with his direction from his Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then your niyyah is perfect. But then you must make sure that you're doing the right thing as given. Remember, because when it comes to niyyah, if you have a good niyyah, but your action is wrong, the ibadah is rejected. If you've got a... a, 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 a which means your, your niyyah is right, but your actions is wrong, then the whole ibadah is rejected by Allah. And if your 
niya, your action is right, but your niya is wrong, then the ibadah is also rejected. Important in Islam, we must understand, we do not separate the niya from the action. The niya and the action is something that belongs to one another, and the niya, you either have the niya in accordance for the sake of Allah and His Messenger, or other than that. And if it's anything other than that, then the reje- your action is rejected by Allah Ta'ala. Na'udhu Billah. May Allah not grant our action be rejected. But the only way it is not being rejected, when you do it in accordance, sent to us and guided to us by our Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And thus, our exposure to the hadith of how did the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam do this hadith. Do this uh, ibadah called the wudu. The second condition, according to the scholars, is in the wudu we're supposed to mention the name of Allah Ta'ala. And there is a hadith that is related to us and it's noted that the hadith is Hasan, meaning an accepted hadith. It's common. It's recorded by, by Abu Dawood and by Ibn Majah that we, whenever we take wudu, we must take the wudu mentioning the name of Allah upon it, right? Now, mentioning the name of Allah could be that you start off with the name of Allah would be, be, be a healthy thing, and or you mention the name of Allah um, in the course of your wudu, or you, you, you've, you've forgotten for some reason, and you then ask Allah to accept you from the beginning to your end, that you've done this. Like when you, you get to be able to say Bismillah when you eat, to mention the name of Allah, in the wudu, Allah accept. Now, at the end of our wudu, we do say, Ashadu an la ilaha illallah, wa ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So the name of Allah would be mentioned that. So the first, the, the, the intention must be right. We, we must do the thing for the sake of Allah. And secondly, we must mention the name Allah when we name, name the name of Allah on our wudu that we're doing. And then the third condition is that all the actions of the wudu as given to us by Allah and his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa must be closely following one another there mustn't be a big span of time in between that actually takes us away like for instance if you take wudu at a certain place uh, um, and now you get away from that place you haven't completed the wudu and you're going to do some other and you can discuss with people some other things and then you come back and then wash the feet or something like that that is not recommended the condition is they must follow one another at the point there. Yes, if I'm busy washing myself or taking wudu, and I, 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 I must probably be very cold, and so I, uh, after having washed uh, wash my hands and my face, I then dry my hands and my face again, and because of the cold and the effect of it, and then I, I then carry on on washing my feet or my head and my feet, then that's nothing wrong with that little time in between. But as long as I'm not taking me away from the process or from the concentration of my wudu, I must be able to carry on. That is the three conditions that's important, that when we take wudu, that that must happen, if you do not mind. May Allah open the path for us when it comes to that. The next aspect or point that we're dealing with is the obligatory components of the wudu. What is the obligation? What is the necessities? In when, what which components must be taken wudu with, right? What must we do? So there's there's about six points there that they have for us, and those six points they say to us mm, that we must be able to wash the face, which is the first one. We must wash the face, right? 
Yasin Sigman, I am a Muslim. What is expected of me? And yes, she is going to be continuing as the way she stopped last week. Bismillah. Shukran Jazakallah Yasmina. In this, in this, before the break, we were busy in the segment, I am a Muslim, so what is expected for me? We are busy in the Salah, and we are busy especially with the issue of the wudu. And just before the break, Auntie Yasmina, we went into uh, um, the um, obligatory acts of the wudu, and we said the first amongst them was to wash the face. Um, the, the, the second one of that, the scholar says, when we say washing the face now, remember Allah in the Quran says to us washing the face. But then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam in his actions showed us how it needs to be done. And he showed us part of the face is washing the mouth and rinsing the nose. Which means you, you take water into your mouth and you goggle the mouth and the throat and you you you, you, you rinse the, the, the nose or you, you blow the nose. right? That is the second one, which means part of the necessity part of the, the, the wudu to say I've done my wudu properly, completely. <coughs> the first one is the washing of the face, the second one is the rinsing of the mouth and the rinsing of the nose. The next one is, the third one, washing, sorry for that one, washing the arms until the elbows, right? That the, the, the arms will be washed until the elbows is an important factor. And I, I just want to go back to the to the washing of the face, Auntie Yasmina. It is our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He shows us from where to where the face extends. The face is from the forehead, there where the hair stops growing on the forehead, until under the chin, that is from the top to the bottom. From side to side is from the one ear to the other ear. Inside that is the face, and whatever is inside there must be, be, be washed there, right? That's the face, right? Um, we, we've dealt with the, 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 the um, washing of the, mo- the mouth and the nose. So when we wash the arms uh, uh, until the elbows, it means the washing of the hand and the arms with the elbows. Now, it doesn't refer to washing. Now, at the beginning, the Sunnah Tariqah, we will get to the Sunnah Tariqah, we see that we need to wash our hands three times because that's what the Nabi Sallallahu has done. But after that, he when he washed his arms and his hands, he started with the hand and the arm and the elbow, right? So he washed the hand, was included the whole hand up to the, 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 the wrist, inclusive of the whole arm until the elbows has been in, in, inclusive of that on the right hand side and on the left hand side. So that is the third one, the extent of washing the, 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 the arms until the elbows. And then the next one they say to us, is to be able wiping of the head or yes wiping of the head now the wiping of the head here is an issue that we need to clarify because there is an understanding that we people use in Cape Town for wiping of the head in comparison remember with no disrespect we don't reject anybody who tells us anything except for the fact if somebody tells us something that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not do then their words is not being considered right but if any scholar says to us we must do it this way or that way we listen to them and if they are in agreement with what the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says we did that right now remember our own the own 
only teacher that makes you a Muslim and me a Muslim, the only one that can guide us to be able to love it in accordance with Allah and His Rasul, the only one was the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Not Abu Bakr, not Omar, not Uthman, not Ali, none of the Sahaba, yes. If they do it exactly as the Nabi did it, we follow them in totality. If they follow the tariqah of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa we do it their way. But they are not our teachers. The only teacher that teaches everybody to be a Muslim is the teacher called Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And how did he wash his head? This is the question. Did he put his hand, uh, put all his hair, uh, might take a lot of water and rub his head with that? No, he did not. Our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wet his hands and then he uh, shake the, the excess water off it. So with the wet hand now, with the excess water off, he then rubs on his head. But how does he rub it? He don't do a rub as we, we sometimes, the Kryptonian style, you touch the forehead and that's it. That is not the way our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa has ever done it. Our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa has not done it that way. No disrespect to any scholar. When they say the least is this, the most of us, well, the question is we need not ask what is the least and what is the most. We need to ask what did the Nabi do? Because then we are Muslim and then we in, in, in conformity with having to live as a Muslim. My conformity is what did Allah say and how did the Nabi do it? This is what we always need to ask. Not what is the least and what is the most? Because Allah doesn't want us to be the least of Muslims and, and more kafir and then more... No, 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 no. We must say, how did the Nabi do it? And we want to do it that way. Then we get the maximum value of being Muslim and not the least of being Muslim and we're happy being, being the least of Muslims. No. So if you're the least Muslim, what you the rest? Na'udhu Billah. Are we then opening up to the path of shaitan the more than that? So you're only, I will do the least in, in, in Islam. Na'udhu Billah. May Allah open the path for all of us that we come to recognize what did the Nabi do? How did the Nabi wash his head? He took his hands, he wetted his hands, and he shaked off the excess water, and his wet hand he rubbed through his whole head, the whole head, from the front to the back, and from the back to the front, and from the front to the back. So one rub to the back, to the front, and to the back again. This is how the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did it, right? And he taught this to everybody, males and females, and this is the way he did the hudu. And we are the ones that follow his tariqah. Some of the scholars say to us, if circumstances is uncomfortable and it's not norm and it's not easy, then at least if you do if a front portion of the head, they are speaking of the fact that that what is least. But you and I, we don't want to be the least of Muslims. We don't want to be more kafir. We don't want to be Muslims. We want to be more Muslim. We want to be real Muslims. We want to be good Muslims. We want to do it the best way we can. If our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has shown us, we want to do that. And for that, we want the because we wish Allah to grant us the best rewards and the best of pardon and the best of forgiveness and the best of expression of our love for our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If he stands something if that is Allah's command in his action and he has done it then my love for him is not my amount of salawat only my true love for him if he's done it some way I would want to do it exactly like he did it and how did our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam remember he's the role model remember he's the teacher remember he was sent to you to teach you and me to grant us to be Muslim 
So let us see how best we can follow every detail of his action. May Allah open the path and grant us to be of those Muslims who wants to follow that path. And as we said, in wiping his head, he wipes his complete head, the entire head of him, and he did so three times, right? This, this is what we see. When I say three times, not three, he wet his head three. He wet his hand once, he shaked off the excess water, and he, he moved it to the back on his head, and then to the front on his head, and then to the back of that, and that constitutes three forms of three times that he actually has taken wudu. May Allah grant us of those who actually follow the tariqah of our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Shukran so much for that, Shaykh. With that, we break for Azam. When we come back, we'll continue with your program, Madrasa on A. Stay tuned. Spice Makers newly packaged spices categorized by spicy orange, exotic red, natural green, and magical purple. Use our blends and seasonings, masalas, herbs, or pure ground and whole spices to create yet another unforgettable taste experience. Choose your color. Choose your number. We have your taste. So come on, do it the Spice Mecca way, the cook easy way. For the best barbecue, you have to visit Saleh Barbecue Tonight Restaurant and Takeaways in Lansdowne. We are the Tikka Specialist and our Tikka Biryani is simply awesome. Our newly revamped sit-down area is the perfect place for the family to relax and a huge variety on the menu is sure to satisfy the entire family. Get a full chicken, chip, salads and two tandoori naan for only 130 rand. Choose a butter chicken or mutton roganjas absolutely free. Only available at Saluk Barbecue Lansdowne. Phone 021-692-3392. Mustarafin Foundation provides relief in disadvantaged communities, focusing our efforts on the needs of the underprivileged. We will be hosting an extravaganza breakfast fundraiser on 25 March 2017 between 9.30 a.m. to 12 noon at Weinberg Civic Center to raise funds for a children's home in Tafelsuch. The cost is 130 rand a ticket. There will be live entertainment stalls and more. For more information, contact us on 021-633-0010 or visit our website on www.mustadafin.org.za. Mustadafin Foundation, be the change. If every man helps his neighbor, then who will need help? The Voice of the Cape. 91.3 FM Stereo Madrasa on A Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to the program Madrasa on A Developing Islam in Me Before I hand over to Sheikh to continue on our last topic being leadership in Islam and its progression do note that this gentle reminder for the excursion that is going to be taking place on the Saturday, Sunday, inshallah, the 26th of March. And that is the excursion. Please, if you did not fill in your entry forms, then you can definitely go onto our website, www.vocfm.co.ca. And also not forgetting another workshop that's going to be taking place on the 1st of April. That's going to be at the St. Athens Road Masjid, inshallah. So do diarize that as well as the excursion. Not to forget the excursion is coming up now on Sunday, the 26th of March from 7 o'clock until 12.30, if I'm not mistaken. Shukran so much for that. And then also the forms, you can find it 
on our website that is www.vocfm.co.za however we always say if you do not have those facilities or a smartphone for that matter you can come to the voice of the cave studios and collect your forms here now she is going to be going into our final segment being leadership in islam and its progression and do know that the lines are open for your questions via WhatsApp and SMS. Sheikh, I now hand over to you. Bismillah. Shukran, Jazakallah. Um, we managed to have come, as, as we note, the time for us so fast. Mm-hmm. We've come to the last segment. Leadership in Islam and its progression. Right? Um, we were busy on the subject called communication and under communication we were dealing last week, we were looking at the process of advice and we've gone to the process and we've ended up to the area where we looked at how we need to as Muslims give advice to one another and that we as the person that give the advice should be humbled for the fact that we're giving the advice the person who takes the advice should also be ready to accept and listen and being able to implement it the best of the abilities now this is the method and way given to us by Allah and His Rasul and we've shown us how the processes happen in the life of man and how we should be able to be as open as possible when it comes to that. Right? We now go over to a section in the issue called, it's called, it's as much as it's called nasiha, it's also called dhikra. Um, uh, uh, and dhikra is to be able to give a reminder. The difference between the two is sometimes when we speak about advice, advice can many times be something that you teach something somebody something absolutely new where in dhikra it's not necessarily something new now remember the words of allah in the holy quran when allah speaks to us and allah says Thakir, remind one another because reminders is good for the believers for the, for the believing people allah refers to the fact that you and I as Muslim that we were taught that we were much younger we went forward, forward to seek knowledge and the understanding and we know certain things and many a time as human as we are the thing, the thing that makes us human according to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam we are called Nas because of the common thing within, is, within us is that we tend to forget very quickly and this is all, all of us we, we from time to time forget things now and then Allah says remind one another because the very fact that somebody can forget whether it's my mom my dad my son my daughter my brother my sister my cousin my niece my nephews my uh, uncles my aunts my grandparents no matter in any direction that there's people in my life reminders is always needed for all of us right but we must have as we said a good heart and clear heart now we've seen in the life of nabi ibrahim he's given advice to his people he's even given reminders to them he's given advice and reminders to his parents he's even given reminders to his children so nabi ibrahim we see how he has shown us the fact that reminders needs to be given the difference between we said advice Advice is just giving advice, it could be a reminder, but advice could also be I'm giving some some knowledge to you to be able to remind you or to teach you of something. May Allah open the pathway. But the word dhikra reference here, it means 
We Allah says the reminders benefits those who have Iman. So may Allah grant you and me to be people of Iman. Because when we are people of Iman and reminders is given no matter who they come from, then your heart and my heart are perceptive. We perceive, we take it in and we can understand and we can then implement it into our lives. But if we are not believers and somebody gives us advice, then we will ask the question, wie is hayyum for my advice to May Allah grant us not to be of shaitan For that is the satanic people May Allah prevent, prevent us from being the people of shaitan The satanic people, the people of shaitan Is that people I'm not here to give you advice I'm just trying to do a favor to you but it is expected that you can give me advice and reminders like I can give it to you. And we should not entertain shaitan by having say this high. Because I can do service. How deep is it? How deep am I with shaitan? Because if I'm so deep with shaitan, no advice can be given to me. No reminders can be given to me. Because I am so deep with shaitan, he prevents me. He is the one and the person that prevents me from allowing to be able to be perceptive or receptive to what is good for me. Like Allah says, it benefits me. Remember it's my Lord Allah who says it will benefit me. May Allah grant me of those who are worthy of being people that has iman at the path of Allah. So no matter who it comes from, the reminders is always good for us. Allah speaks to us about the processes of reminders in various places in the Holy Quran. And our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to us beautifully in a hadith that the Nabi says, Al-Mu'min mir'atu akhi. The believer is the mirror of his believer, of the other believer. If I'm a believer, then I must be a mirror to my other believer. Or I must look at others and see them. Now, I'd like to share this with us, letting us look at the process from a broad spectrum. First and foremost, our Nabi says, I must be a reflector to the rest of the Muslim Ummah. I must reflect like the sun and the moon. The, 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 the moon is a reflector to the earth, reflecting the light of the sun at the time of night. And we see the brightness of the moon and it appears almost like the sun at night, but it's not. He doesn't have any shine by itself. It's something that he reflects from the side of the sun, Subhanak. So Nabi says, I must be like the moon who reflect the positivity so that my brothers and sisters can see from my action how they should live the true life of a Muslim. But the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam didn't speak to me alone. He, speak to, he spoke to all my brothers and sisters sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he says to us, if we are Muslims, if we see ourselves as Muslims, then we must be able to reflect the Islamic lifestyle. Our character, our behavior, our mannerism, our, our things that we do, our ethics, must be in accordance with what comes from Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that is what we need to reflect, right? But now, I, I would like to take this hadith to a greater extent of us understanding. What is the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa really saying to me? He says to me that when I see my brother do something wrong, 
then I must feel that that wrong is what I am living with and that's why he is doing it. Because if he was, if he was doing the right thing, he, if, if he was guided on the right path by me, then he would not have done that. So I, would fe I should feel uncomfortable when I see the wrong of my brothers and sisters and I should not rectify that problem on my brother and sister. But I should rectify it on myself. <coughs> I must be able to look at it as if the act done was done by myself. So I need to rectify it so that I can indirectly show him or her what to do. Just take yourself for an example. Or if you want to, just stand in front of the mirror and see what happens. When you go in the morning to the mirror, and you stand in front of the mirror, and that person in the mirror that you're looking at, his hair is not properly combed, what do you do? You take the comb and comb his hair for him? No, you don't. You take the comb and you comb your hair, isn't it? And when you, whilst you're combing your hair, what happens to him? He is also then taking the comb and he's also rectifying his hair, isn't it? And when you have completed yourself, you see, he looks also beautiful. And then you feel good about the fact that the way he feels, and you say, MashaAllah, he reflects to me who I'm supposed to be. And Alhamdulillah, I think I look decent now, I look good now, and thus I have combed my hair. Subhanak. But I've actually combed my hair because I saw him, his hair was not properly. Isn't it so? So everything in our life, if you see that he's, you, the person standing in the mirror there, his shirt is not properly, or his trousers not properly, or the, the jacket that he has on is not decent, then you, what do you do? You don't take your hand and you rectify it for him on his body. No, you go into your body, you rectify it on your body, and that when you rectify it on your body, what happens in the Nabi says, that is the believer. He acts it out on himself. So it then becomes a norm that everybody brings positivity. That's one aspect about it. Now the other aspect of, 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 of the mirror is the fact that the mirror is something when he sees something wrong on you, he doesn't speak to the world about that. He never ever tell the world. Right? Now before you, were, were at, before you came to the mirror, your, your, your son or your brother was at the mirror, or your daughter or your, or your mother was at the mirror. And the mirror would never tell you what that other person looked like, is it? Ne the ne the, the, he doesn't tell anything about any. He only tells you about yourself. He tells you about you. And so he, according to Anabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, don't inform the others of the faults that you see of other people. Don't tell others. A Muslim, a believer, never informs others. He sees the faults of others. And he takes that fault to see, this is me. What I see here, Allah, exposed, Allah is exposing me to who I am. As I see the fault in that person, most probably I'm like that. Most probably I should change who I am and make myself better so that he can see the reflection of mine and then become better. That is what I need to do, right? So when I see the error and faults of others, I don't make an issue of that like the mirror. The Nabi says, we are like mirrors. We do not tell the stories of other people's faults to others. We remain absolutely silent. We keep their weaknesses, but we tell them their errors. We show them their errors. We don't show it to others. Right? Can you but imagine you walk away from the mirror and your brother comes to the mirror and the mirror says to your brother, you know what your brother looked like now when he came here? Would that be nice? But no, this is what the Nabi says. Is this who you are or are you the mirror who can protect your brother?
Rabb, may Allah open the path. And that's what the Nabi says. We are the mirror. We ought to be the mirror to our Muslim brothers and sisters. We recognize, we see, we are being exposed to their weaknesses and we need to rectify it on ourselves and not blame them or not expose them. We need to rather protect them and show them how it should be done and guide them in accordance that we recognize that the, the error that we see in them was probably if we did if we did it wrong, that's why they're doing it wrong. And if they are being guided to the righteous format, the process of reminders is we remind the person of the th- in front of us where the wrong is without having to show it to anybody or to everybody. That reminder is as a Muslim, we do not expose people. And we, where reminders is concerned, we do not make it a big issue. We do not tell the world. But some, remember, we said to you, there's two forms of, of advice. The personal advice and general advice. When it's general advice that we give, we speak generally about things. When it's reminders, it means, means we've now seen a wrong of somebody. We recognize it. And now we call the person one side and we gently remind him again. And that reminder as advice is for that person on a one-to-one sense. There is certain things that we can expose to the general public. Like for instance, example to the Nabi of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, a person comes in, comes in in the presence of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and this person uh, c- comes into the masjid of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he performs two rakat sunnah. And after he's performed his two rakat sunnah, he comes to the, the khalqa of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with the sahaba radiallahu anhum. He wants to sit down and after greeting the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam greets him back and says to him certain words. What happens here, we find the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa giving it advice. Even though it seems to be personal, the objective is, the topic is, or the subject is general for everybody. But he's now been used as the example because the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa has been exposed to him in the act. There might be many others who does the act in a similar way. It must probably be seen by the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but the reminder has been given and is very gentle. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to him, Go back and perform your salah over for what you did was not salah. Now he did the salah, he did two rakats. The Nabi said him, What you're doing, you call it whatever you want to call it, but remember, you cannot call that salah. That's what you did. That is truly not salah. You name it, any name. But that what you did is not salah. The person went away and uh, went to the distance again, made the salah over and came back. Joined the, me- the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa After the greeting again, the Nabi said to him, go back and perform your salah for what you did was not salah. And the person got up again and went uh, away to perform the salah. He did the salah now for the third time. And he came to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa greeting and sitting with the sahaba radiallahu anhu. This time the Nabi said to him, Go back and perform your salah over for what you did. It's not salah. So now three times he got up already. This time he says to the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, O Messenger of Allah, that what I did, that is all that I know. How we be, so the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to him, How must it be done? But because the subject is general, so this is when we deal with an educational teaching process. This is not one-to-one. Reminders or advice, right? 
When it's one-to-one -one reminders, then you take the person one side. But because this deen is broad and it's good for all of us, our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa did not mean to ridicule this person or insult this person or treat the person bad. No, the Nabi educated all the Sahaba as to what is the method to allow us to understand when it comes to something as serious as salah, it doesn't belong to you, it doesn't belong to me. It's something that belongs to Allah, so we need to see that we do it appropriate and according so you can teach what we call a lesson on that when we see the wrong and we don't directly refer to one person or another but the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has used here to be able to teach everybody but when it comes to a one-to-one -one need our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would normally take the person one side would speak to the person one side may Allah open the path for all of us and so we've seen in the life of our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the process of giving reminders to people is such an important aspect. And reminders, as Allah says, Reminding one another is a common thing. And there is such great examples that there is example at one occasion when the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was in the battle of Badr. Now remember at the Battle of Badr, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum has never ever gone into battle prior to that. This is the first major battle that the Sahaba is now going to fight. And so the Sahaba radiallahu anhum listened very attentively to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the Nabi says we will do it this way and that way and this is where we'll plan ourselves and we'll sit here and stand here. And so when the Nabi said that, this one Sahabi asked the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, O Messenger of Allah, that which you told us now, is that coming from yourself or is it coming from Allah? And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, that which I told you now comes from Allah ta'ala. Beautiful said there by Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in your program Madrasa on E, of course, developing Islam in me. We are now in our last segment being leadership in Islam and its progression. And just before we go for an ad, also just a gentle reminder with regards to the excursion that's happening on the 26th of March. That is this Sunday, inshallah, from 7 a.m. until 12.30. And that is with regards to the excursion. That's a mystery drive. And Sheikh will later on, inshallah, be telling you more about that. However, we are in our final segment being leadership in Islam and its progression and Sheikh before we hand over there was a question that came through via our WhatsApp it says Salam Sheikh what about those people who say in my time when I'm ready does one still give advice as sometimes they're not children they're adults okay mashallah alhamdulillah I think a relevant question but allow me just before I answer that question I said something and I made a mistake I said the, the hadith that I was busy with, I said this person asked the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, O Messenger of Allah, is that something from your own self or from Allah? And I've made a mistake by saying it's from Allah. I realized at the moment when we closed, I, you, in your response we couldn't recap. I just wanting to recap to our people out there that the Nabi said, no, this is from myself. This is from myself. And the Sahabi then responded, to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, O Messenger, if that is from yourself, I don't think it's good that we should be doing it this way. He then expressed to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where we should be doing it and how we should be doing it. And when he expressed that, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam smiled and then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to the Sahaba, all of them, all of you, I just told you we must be able to go and tent, sit, tent up here and there, but now we're moving forward. We're going, doing it at this place. And thank you for the, for the advice the Nabi said. Thank you to him for his advice that he's given. Now you can imagine, this is our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
And he was given the reminder by a young man. When this young man said to him, O Messenger of Allah, is this from yourself or from Allah? And he said, this is from myself. Because the young man would, would have said, if this is from Allah Ta'ala, then Allah has a plan in that that we do not know. But the Nabi, because he said, O Messenger of Allah, you said we must put up tent here, but it's best if we put up tent to the front where we are in charge of the water for when the battle takes place, we will be able to drink and to use of the water for whatever needs that we have. And we will be able to be in charge of controlling the water processes for our enemies. And subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa took to that. And that was the advice used there. As for the question of the person, what happens with people that you want to give advice to? I, I would suggest that we always use the process of advice and, and reminders to others in a very gentle way. Now we must understand we are not in the madrasa on air being able to want to judge others. Want to say we must handle them like this and this is what they must do. No. We, we want us to admit this is our error. This is our fault. Like the Nabi has taught us. Look at them and say what we see within them is us. This is me. I'm doing the wrong. Let me show them gently how like what would happen at the mirror. Let it be a gentle remind, gentle reminder to the person that without making him feel uncomfortable or without making his weakness and fault taken to the, to the general public, let us generally deal with the person. So we must understand in the process of our life, all of us have weaknesses. And I would want others to treat me in the best possible manner. And so I must try to use the same method, being gentle and kind. And yes, we all differ in our character and in our ways. But we must be able to admit who we are, not to others, but to ourselves. Because only then can we improve. Only then can we become better. Only then we can we present our own weaknesses in front of Allah. And only then can we ask Allah for pardon and forgiveness. And only then can we sincerely seek for development and improvement. And if not, then we are perfect. Then we are absolutely perfect. And whoever is absolutely perfect, nobody can teach him. Nobody can remind him. No advice can be given to him. And that's not a Muslim. That is not a Muslim. A Muslim is somebody who's ready, whose heart is open, who admits, I am a sinner. I am weakness. I have faults. I want to come better. I want to be a better person. I want to be a real Muslim. I want to submit to Allah. I want to fulfill my mission of following the tariqah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And I am very, 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 very far. As a Muslim, where I see, I'm very far from that. I, the, 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 the oceans will still be filled to bring me to the status of real Muslims, to make us a real Muslim. I'm not asking you to look at others. Please, don't look at others. Don't look at other people. Don't look at anyone. Don't look at your children. Don't look at your parents. Don't look at your brothers and sisters. Look at yourself. Just see to yourself and admit it to yourself. I am very, 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 very far, extremely far from being a righteous and good Muslim. And only when I am doing my very best to become to the path of Allah and admitting that to nobody else but by myself, Allah Ta'ala is prepared to pardon if I am going to admit to Allah and going to work to be able to be ready to see that I become the better person. And as we've said, 
our duty is to give advice, reminders on a common basis. Not everybody's going to accept what I say. If you've done it righteously, most probably Allah's going to grant in their hearts sometime later, they're going to say what you said is truth. They might not say it aloud to you, but you see them living that. May Allah grant khair and barakah. And we always, when we give advice, see that our hearts is clean and that we make dua for the others to whom we've been given that advice. That Allah will soften the hearts of us and of them and guide us towards the space for our dunya and for our akhirah, inshallah. Amen, inshallah. The program Madrasan E, Developing Islam in Me. We are heading to our final few minutes of the program. And this is also in our final segment being Leadership in Islam and its Progression. Now I hand over to Sheikh to continue, inshallah. Sheikh, bismillah. And Yasmina, I want to end off with a hadith for today as a reminder of the hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where he draws all of us in and he says to us La yu'minu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to us La yu'minu ahadukum hatta yuhibba li akhihi ma yuhibbu li nafsi It is not possible he says that any of you can claim that you are a believer unless and until your actions prove that you would prefer for others what you prefer for yourself. La yu'minu ahadukum, you cannot claim that you are believers yet, not until you prefer, not until you love, not until you wish for others that which you wish for yourself. So if you wish to be treated with respect and decency, see that you do so to others. If you wish to be able to be a righteous Muslim, to attain good Iman, then it is imperative that you should see that the way you deal up with others, how you treat them and your behavior, your character, is of meaning that you look at the way you want to be dealt with, right? So in the process of dealing with advice and reminders, it must be looked at in a manner that we think of how we would want to see others deal with us when we need to deal with them. But we as Muslims must be ready if somebody else wants to show us a fault of us or to remind us of our faults or our errors, not to deny. Don't be of the view, no, 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 it's not true, that's not me. Be honest, be sincere, rather remain silent. Rather remain silent and accept, accept the fact because remember, if somebody is prepared to want to show you a fault, he wouldn't want to create a big thing about you or that you are not. Just accept it and say, Subhanak, most probably it's the truth. I cannot see my own weaknesses, but most probably it is the truth. Right? So that I can become better. So that I can improve. And don't ever find it uncomfortable to blame others. This necessity is I will always be in need of reminders. I... I, the person, every one of us, I will always be in need of your reminders. And I must be ready when you remind me to be to have an open heart because I must say to myself, wow, this is me. This is truly me. That person is only telling me who I am. But I'm living it. He's but reminding me. He's talking to me about something. If I say no and I'm rejecting of something which he experienced, he loved it. He loved my life. I exposed my life to him and to her. And I've shown them who I am. So it's not right for me to deny 
that what they, I need to accept it. And when I accept it, Allah Ta'ala, and when I accept it, especially when I admit to it, Oh Allah, this is truly me, must probably forgive me for my faults. Oh Allah, guide me, assist me, help me. Allah Ta'ala can change your heart. Allah can guide us. And Allah can create a relationship of wonder and beauty in our life simply because we can admit who we are and life can become so meaningful so communication becomes so beautiful and because the communication speaks about the process of the way we will feel with one another which brings about positive leadership in the way we deal with others may Allah grant khair and barakah inshallah and that this becomes a norm and a natural thing in our life that we live with the understanding that the only way we can be of benefit to others if we can feel that we treat others in a way always considering so when we see the faults of others don't make a big issue take people one side and see how best can we be able to guide them and show them and remind them of their positivities or even their negativities. May Allah forgive all of us, inshallah, and grant us to be of those people that we can grow with reminders in life and want to be open with advice and reminders. And remember, the issue of reminders is a very important factor. We said that as Allah tells us, uh, Allah tells us in the Quran that the Anbiya was only advises to their people and Allah says to us that we as Muslims must be able to see that we establish the process of reminders because reminders benefits those people who wants to have Iman may Allah grant us people with Iman that whenever reminders comes our way we are ready to accept it but also when there's need to give reminders we will remind and we will advise for the sake of Allah inshallah um, I, I think we end here for now because there's a few things at the last few minutes that there's left in this program. Wanting to remind our people of the excursion that's taking place on the 26th, and this is a Sunday coming, inshallah. We are, in actual fact, I, we said to you the excursion is taking place in the Bukab. We're coming all together, inshallah, at the Burhanul Islam Center, inshallah. That's in Penn Street in Bukab. We need to be able to gather there at 7 o'clock in the morning at the Burhanul Islam Center in Penn Street in, in Bukhab, inshallah. Um, it's opposite the Bismillah Cafe, inshallah. Um, or the Bismillah Restaurant. Opposite the Bismillah Restaurant, and that's in Wild Street. You find Penn Street. On top there, you find, uh, um, in Penn Street, you find the Burhanul Center, the Burhanul Islam Center. We all gather there, inshallah. And from there onwards, we meet, we have our process forward. So all of us, and all you people, please see that you um, join on into us. But let us know ahead of time. Remember, we have a program for you, and we want to deal with you with things. So you need to be able to tell us how many of you are coming. Contact the radio. Um, fill in the forms if you can. If you don't have the process of filling the form, phone in. Um, speak to Andi Zurina. Uh, uh, her surname is? Talib. Andi Zurina. Talib. Ask for Andi Zurina. Talib. And forward to her the information, tell her how many people is coming, how many you're bringing together. And whether you're coming with your own car, we'd love to know those type of things. For if there's need to be able to assist in processes, how do we go about those things? Shukran jazakallah Can we recite our final dua for this message? A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem, bismillahir rahmanir rahim, wal asr, innal insana lafi husr. 